Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End, a podcast all about a life following Watford Football Club. Uh, my name's John. Uh, two parts of this podcast. First part, I'm joined by Geordie. Hello, Geordie. Hello, John. Uh, and we've just watched Watford 2-0 away win at Huddersfield Town. We'll discuss that. And then part two, Mike and I recorded last night uh, on Friday night and it was, well, just a look back. Uh, on the season so far, because the Huddersfield game uh, sits us halfway through the season. We faced everybody so far. Uh, where are we with the uh, the defence, the goalkeeping, the attack, the defence, uh, the midfield? Um, what's left of them? Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we'll sort of review that and, and see what we think their next steps are going to be. But that's part two. So, Geordie, let, let, let's look at this this game we've just witnessed. Streaming issues aside, of course, um, which I think everybody had, depending on where they were and what service they were using. You know, a 2 0 away win. Um, is always good. A 2-0 away win at bottom of the championship side felt safe. <laughs> you know, because we've, 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 we've kept four clean sheets. But last week, and even the, the game against Bristol City before the World Cup break, you know, it, it, we just didn't seem anywhere near dynamic, did we, as, as, as Watford? No, I don't think we did. Um, you know, like I, like I said um, in, in, the, in the chat, I think... Um, we could still be playing those games and not have scored. Whereas today it was two, uh, and the goals came in the second half. But there were there were opportunities that were certainly um, as good, if not better, than the ones we scored from uh, throughout the game. Uh, and had we had our shooting boots on, we could have got five. Uh, which is one of those strange games today, where for a long period it was nil nil, like the last two games. This wasn't like a, a, a game of attrition where both teams are, are fighting each other. It was more a case of Huddersfield soaking us up it felt to an extent although they started strongly yeah half an hour of it the first half an hour was 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 fairly even matched it felt for me they had sort of they sort of had some moments we sort of had some moments but towards the end of that first half and then definitely the second half you know our superiority I know that sounds like massively big-headed but you know in terms of the quality of players that we've got really started to shine through and we could have got Two, one at least, if not two, before for the for the for the halftime break, uh, and overall, that's is that how you sort of felt? Uh, you know, now you look at it back that we were the by far the better team, a little bit the better team. What do you think? I mean, my streaming issues came probably at the start of the game, so maybe it was um, Hive Live blessing me with not seeing us being <laughs> dominated by Huddersfield, which wouldn't have been good for me. Never dominated, but yeah. Well, never, yeah, never dominate. Sounds like a good motto, that doesn't it? Um, <laughs> probably not one for Watford, though. Um, given we occasionally play Man City, it's one of those ones. I don't know why we tend to start games slowly when we are dominant or, or better than them in, in in certain areas where we've got players who are superior to any of the players they have. So I think there's lots of um, filler and fodder in the Championship with players who are good at this level but can't go up. And I think Watford have got a couple of players that can go up a level. And they can be the difference. And obviously, you know, today and other times, it's been Zhao that's been the difference. I don't know why we start so slowly, but, you know, as as Huddersfield didn't take advantage of that, unlike, you know, Blackpool and other teams that have scored when they've had that early dominance, we always feel, I think, when we're 0-0, even if, we're, even if we think we're on top, that, oh, we could get hit on the break at any point. It's never a comfortable thing to be, to not have a game in the bag. If you're a Huddersfield fan, you'd be thinking, oh, you know, we didn't take advantage of the the, the chances we had or the time we had. Yeah, but they weren't chances. They were. I mean, the only way I could see them ever scoring a goal, it be it first half or second half, was one of them had to do something special. They weren't. They were never going to work a goal. You know, as a team, it was going to be a a, a a ball out wide and a super kick into the top corner or, or something like that. 
you know, yeah. which you know it's, is in in a player. Pieces. I mean, there's one um, yeah. when my when my when my connection finally started working, where they just overhit corner. And you know, if if people take advantage of their set pieces, I was, I was talking to some friends uh, in Spain, and they were saying that France were lucky the other day in the World Cup. And I was like, well, they, you kind of make your own luck to an extent because Morocco had a lot of chances to shoot and were looking for the perfect chance and taking too many touches. Whereas Mbappe shot the shot, it was deflected, and the guy had just come on scored. And it's that. It's that um, canniness up front, not to need a perfect opening uh, and to still keep keep the ball live and make it dangerous. And they're the things that can often, you know, little deflections here. Or in, I mean, it's cold in the house watching it. So I imagine like, a couple hundred miles up north uh, and I've been outdoors, it was cold to play in. And you always wonder, you know, how, how that might affect players' sharpness, um, and so forth. So you're never really comfortable, even if the opposition aren't carving anything out, because you know that it could happen at any point, either either a good move or or a bobble or a, or a set piece. But yeah, I think as the second as the first half wore on um, and we got closer to half time, we seemed to create better chances. I mean, Zhao had one that came from a, a cross and a flick that he kind of put just wide. It wasn't an easy one. It's one where you kind of hit it towards goal, and if it goes in, the goal has got no chance because it's point blank. But if you don't hit it right, it goes slightly wide, which is what happened in this instance. That was a moment for me where I sort of went, you know, annoying that he missed it. But I was like, he's going to go in at half time. He's going to sit there, get the feedback from Slavan, which isn't going to be, you know, scathing in any way. But he's going to go, right then, I've got to go and get this now. I've missed my chance. You know, to, to, to prove himself, we all know, and he probably plays certain games where he knows he's the best player. And last week, it really felt like his frustration, you could see, mm. he felt like he was the best player and was doing his stuff. And, oh, come on, guys. Oh, come on, guys. But mm. it's always like, mm, now I've missed that. I need to go and prove myself. And he did by going to score two goals. We actually, let's get to him, let's get to him and, and the attack and Saar in particular a bit later on. But let's start with, you know, two boys that played last week. By the way, how old do we sound calling them boys? Um, <laughs> the, the fact that Tom Delibishiru, you know, again in midfield, uh, he's drive forward, uh, led to the first goal. Um, and, and also in Gakia, a second start in a row in defence. Both of them just felt, just just from game time, just more settled, didn't they? Yeah, again, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one because Huddersfield being bottom the league would have been a game you wouldn't expect to give you that much of a test uh, or, or the least of a test, if you like, because they're, they're down the bottom and we'll, we'll probably be more focused on, on curtailing our attacking players, which, which helps. Um, but I don't think they did, they didn't, did anything wrong. I think um, Delhi Bashiru was, like you said, instrumental for the first goal. He won the ball, you know, about 25 yards out and, and ran forward and then, and then set up uh, Jao Pedro. Uh, again, it wasn't a world-class pass to Pedro, but it was enough to get him there and give him time because it wasn't up against a world-class defence. Um, so I think I think that's good for his confidence. Um, and at the, you know, as, as, as you said, it's his, his second game. It has to be because we're having a kind of bring in players like Bakuna uh, because we haven't got players. So we need Deli Bashiro to kind of step up and and to get confidence and to and to feel he belongs. And get that consistency of, of being in the team because there are players, even like players like Dukure, who at the start couldn't get in the team and, yeah. you know, a uh, loser at the start, didn't look like he was going to be yeah. a world beater. So, I mean, you know, Dele Bashir has had kind of a, a stop-start um, Watford career through injuries, through loans and whatnot. But maybe maybe he's kind of just coming into his potential. And it'd be interesting when, um, when they're all back, if they ever are all back at the same time, which is you know, maybe probably... What's well, something that Slav's put on his Christmas list is is um, 
lack of injuries in the second half of the season. But if if they are all there, I mean, you expect Loser to be in the team because he's he's a, you know, he's an exceptional player. But then who would partner him if Chowdhury's out for a while? That gives um, Delhi Bashiru more time to to cement himself. And and we know from from previous seasons that the, the team that starts the the season I think it was in July this season wasn't it? The season started. But you know normally the the, the team that starts the season in in mid-August is nothing like the team that is playing at Easter. No. So I think there's 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 certainly um, opportunity knocks, you know, for, for the likes of Bashiru and 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 Ngakia, who I got shout thanks to to Dave for um, riddling me. I couldn't work out Julian Dix's interview when he's he's, talk, he's talking to Hassan and in Germany. I couldn't work out what he meant, and obviously it was uh, Hassan Kamara and Jeremy. Um, but I was, so so so, uh, so yeah, so Jeremy, uh, not Germany, Ngakia. Um, yeah, again, he kind of got forward supported. He's 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 a tidy player. He's obviously you know came out of the West Ham Academy, so he's going to be a good good technician. I think he just needs confidence as well and needs to grow into his ability. And hopefully, the second half of the season will give him that opportunity. Because with Gosling being injured and Gaspar not having nailed down the position in the in the first half of the season, it's his to lose. I think now. So mm. if if he can if he can take on board having uh, two established international, well, not Junior Dix's case international, but Premier League defenders to kind of to guide him obviously with the West Ham connection then then hopefully hopefully he he will be another one who will blossom and and we'll see we'll see the potential yeah and Gaki is 22 years old and and Tom Delibishu is 23 years old and you're right you know they, they even though you know Tom Delibishu had that that great sort of ooh moments when we played Reading in that promotion year and you felt like that was going to be a season for him in the right division to to show himself off he got injured. He spent the following season on loan at Reading, where he did well, but again had injuries. The, it, it, you know, both of them, lads, you're, that, you're at the age now where you've got to you got to grab it. You got to play well. You got to show development. You got to show it. it. You know, there's there's mm. there of course being younger players, there is going to be an element of forgiveness, but it's that is getting less and less and less and we see that with Ishmael Assar you know you know what for fans and and lots of people aren't as forgiving for bad choices bad decisions and stuff that he makes in the game their their slack that they have as footballers is is diminishing but I, I was definitely happy with from what was last week to what was this week and and hoping for what will be in the future particularly from Tom Belly Tom Deli Bashiru because you know we are so limited in those choices at the moment and what looks like a, a, a you know a good few weeks to come but i think like you say you you were talking about where what that that middle two would be let's say and i could easily see it being Chowdhury and Tom Deli Bashiru because Kiambi has played wonderfully and played well but not shined really or you know, when he got injured, we're not going, oh, no, it's Kambe. We're going, oh, no, it's another midfielder. So he does have that chance to to really sort of shine in the next couple of, at least the next couple of, well, next month or so, to see where he might end up. And, yeah, really, basically starting his, his first team career um, at the age of 23. The one who, who came in uh, today, Akuna, I want to start a Lion King song there, but I'm not going to do it quite yet. But Bakuna, what do you think about that? He played 67 minutes. Um, again, did did all right. You know, for first games though, what what do you think, Geordie? He's probably at the other end of his career. 
um, compared to to the ones we're talking about. Albeit, you know, context. You know, Jao Pedro is 21, so um, if they want to, if they want to get their careers going, and Gakia and and, and Delibashir, they need to they need to they need to move up the level because Jao Pedro is already younger than them and getting attention. Bakuna, I thought I thought again, it was it wasn't an easy game to come in. I don't think any game's easy, but it's no. been a while since he's played. I guess it's a while since a lot of them have played because of the World Cup break, which I don't know if that would have helped him get up to kind of almost match fitness without the match sharpness that they would all have suffered from. I thought you know, he did a he did a fairly good job. Um, again, it, it it was a strange one because you, you feel that with with Watford, I spoke before about the players that the game changes, the ones that are capable of playing at a, better, a higher level, and with our in our case, it's it's our it's very much our attacking players. And I've said before, if everyone else just does their job and and kind of nullifies the opposition then those players will be the be able to make the difference and give us give us the wins and the last eight games I mean it's interesting actually the next game is Millwall because you're talking about you know how these players are doing I think Millwall's a great game to come up because Millwall is almost the um the, the low point of the season where we got out for out thought out everything uh, and this is where a new generation of players if you like with Deli Bashiru and Gakia Bakuna who didn't play in that game can come in and say nah now you're playing against a different Watford team. And since that Millwall game, we've had eight games. We've won five, drawn two, lost one. If you if you had that over 46 games, you'd have 97, 98 points. So we're actually, although it feels a bit weird after the, with the World Cup intermission, uh, Hull and um, Bristol City being pretty dull as dishwater affairs. If you look at our slightly sh- short term, but a bit longer than that term form, we're actually doing really well. So today was a... A functional um, and effective, but it was another clean sheet. I think we're going to have to um, tap up Macquarie for a, another loan to cover the uh, clean sheet bonuses because <laughs> you know it is, it is a nice little run. If it, I think um, Gina was punching the air when the ladder um, Coventry scored against us because uh, if if the um, if the clean sheet bonuses accumulate, then um, like a rollover, then it could be quite um, quite serious for the bottom line. But I think yeah, Bakuna again, it's hard to judge him because no, well, yeah, we're not where, judging fully, are we? No? Yeah. But I mean, it was good. He got 67 minutes. He started, um, which is which shows that that that, that Slavin would rather have Jao Pedro further up than start with Jao Pedro and Espria in the number 10 role. So he wanted to start with his stronger team, and he felt that Bakuna would be would be part of that. The guys played in the Premier League over 100 times with Villa, under 21 with the Dutch team when he when he was um, representing the Netherlands. So he's got an element of quality, uh, or at least ability. He's he's got a, a ceiling he's probably reached, uh, and he's pretty happy to to have, to be getting paid to play football. And we're happy to have someone like a, hopefully another leader in the team, or someone who can who can support Deli Bashiru as he kind of goes through that that process and maybe you know, Bashiru can be his legs you know while Bakuna gets up to speed but like he was setting up the the, the goal running forward but, but Bakuna put in a good cross I think I don't know was it Ngakia that nearly scored they said on the commentary which would have been a, a heck of a turn up um, you know Bakuna crossing for Ngakia you wouldn't have had that at the start of the season on things you thought you'd see um, and then Saar cut it back and the keeper did really well not to punch into his own net yeah it's hard to say what Bakuna's strengths and weaknesses are off the back of one game yeah. Um, that kept buffering, but a decent addition. He didn't look at his depth, and he didn't look like he was going to be a liability. Remember who was it? Who was it? We had um, was it Diakite who came on and just basically chopped people. <laughs> Don't bring that, uh, Jordy. Not was that? Yeah, no. But that's what I was <laughs> a bit worried about because, because I was a bit worried. Like, is he going to come in and be tired and be clipping people and be a bit of a? Well, as far as I'm aware, he has been with training with the team for a while. Now, I don't know if that was originally came in because, you know, 
favors and friends and all the rest of it but i think you're right the bit i the bit of my favorite thing about it or the thing i felt more comfort from was the fact that he started even though he hasn't played he started and he definitely feels like what you want your championship midfield to be because a spreer isn't necessarily what you want your championship midfielder to be and it also allows as you say Jao Pedro to play in the best position and then when a spreer came on he adds a bit of dynamic he adds a bit of zigger zigar um mm-hmm. to the to it all and i think that's what i want him to be at this point of the season maybe later in the season when we know he's developed and understands men's championship football better so that that combination feels better you know much much comfortable more comfortable for me before we mm-hmm. go to attack let, let defense straight away 100% for the last two weeks I have felt just a little bit more comfort because Craig Cathcart is in our defence. Interesting, you talk about that Millwall game next next week on Boxing Day. You know, he didn't play in that game against Millwall. There's always a comfort I have with Craig. You know, they were again. We did talk about it a little bit. You know, Huddersfield weren't exactly testing us. Even Jordan Rhodes at his uh, point of his career, it never felt like they were going to score. But it always felt more secure, doesn't it, with with Craig and and Cabaselli always feels better with Craig next to him. I think Craig Cathcart is it's a funny one because you look at players that you consider icons at Watford and he's been around for a long, long time. Give an icon score then, an icon score out of 10. If Luther's 10, what's Craig Cathcart? I think just out of pure longevity and the fact he's featured so frequently, he's probably got to be like around a seven. Seven, yeah, yeah, I go with that. Seven. Yeah, because it's defenders, <laughs> it's difficult. I mean, if you look at iconic defenders, you think like, you know, John McClellan. Yeah. But I think that's... I think with John McClellan, one, he's obviously an exceptional defender, but for us, our generation, he, he was like, he was the first proper centre-back. My first game was in October 84, so Tony Coton and John McClellan came in around then and obviously came in to do a job and were very good at doing it. So they became players that everyone else gets measured against, if that makes sense. So yeah. every, every generation will have, whether it's Duncan Wellborn or Bakuna, <laughs> whoever it is that is in the team when you when you come in they're the ones that you end up measuring against and obviously Bakuna's got a touch of the Goslings around him because he can play right back as well so it'd, it'd <laughs> yeah. be interesting to see if that's where he ends up once we do fix the um, the fitness issues in midfield you, you mentioned John McLennan I saw a, a, a pictures today on, on socials of I think it was a game at Wembley where it was like I think it was the 100th anniversary of the, the Football League and there's a picture of I think Pele was the manager Diego Maradona was on the pitch and they're having a conversation like just at the you know when they're doing the shake of the hands and sat behind them there is John McLennan and you think that's that'll say it for me and that if you didn't know who John McLennan was and what he looked like that's the level he got to uh up against uh two of the best players in the world and I'm happy with that defense <laughs> um attack it is quite clear but is it as bad as it sounds when we say this is the Jao Pedro it's Jao Pedro FC it, it, it's a jokey thing but with Davis and and Saar, and we'll talk about it later in, in terms of what they've done across the whole season. It is still a bit too dependent, isn't it, on on Jao Pedro pulling a, a string here and a string there. Did you see anything from Saar? You know, his first game back after the World Cup, he played the whole ninety minutes. What do you think? Is it just a he's played some lo- some lovely temperatures in in Qatar? He's playing in some very cold temperatures in Huddersfield. Did you start seeing a, a man getting back into Championship football? Yeah, Saar's an easy one to, to hit with a stick because mm. when he doesn't look like he's on it or when he doesn't play particularly well, his demeanour gives the impression that he's not bothered. He did his running, he had a few bad touches, but he hit a shot. He kind of had a little run and hit a shot from about 20, 30 yards that the keeper kind of um, spooned away. It was a very weird kind of save. And it's like you think that that's a shot of a 
a player who's better than this level. That's someone yeah. who didn't like hit it into the stand. He kind of hit it hard with, with spin on it. And, and you know, we might say it's the Jao Pedro FC uh, or JPFC now, but last time he got promoted, it was the Ishmael Asar FC. Mm. He, he got us promoted um, in the lockdown season. And I feel a bit for him that uh, he he missed... I guess some of the goodwill that would have come from being the the talisman that season. Yeah, he missed... weren't in the stadium to watch it. Yeah, but... we, didn't, we didn't see him score those goals to to grow a deeper love for yeah. uh, for Ishmael Asar. He, he, did, he did a couple of bits. There was a one one attack in the second half, really early on, and um, the ball got deflected out wide. But he kept going and he pinged it back in again. And mm. you know, a, a couple of centimeters either way, it would have bounced off and 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 gone in. So like I say, I, I think I saw. Again, not 100% Sar, but uh, I'm happy where, with where he was and what he did. Just hope it can, like I say, for promotion, I suppose, going back to if we want promotion, he does need to find his 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 magic boots for just a few magic moments. Yeah, I mean, Jao Pedro, no, 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 no player, especially in the championship, is really going to be the only player in a team if we're playing in a way that brings the best out of Jao Pedro or gives him the space because Keenan Davis is occupying two centre-backs on his own, um, you know, we've got two players out wide, which means the full-backs can't tuck in. And therefore, he's got this little gap in the in the number 10 role, which gives him space to float in or or to, to, to link defence and attack in an, in, an, in an attractive way that catches the eye. Then it's not just Jao Pedro, it's other players sacrificing and doing things that that enables um, Zhao to shine. And the, and the thing is, Zhao is stepping up to the plate. So that late run that he put wide, uh, we mentioned earlier, the goals he scored today. But again, you know, the reason that Zhao Pedro had that space to, to, to take the pass from Deli Bashiru, I think we probably Keenan Davis probably made a run that wouldn't have been picked up on Hive Live because they don't have like multiple angles to look at it. But, you know, if, often when you look at a, a goal, you realise that it's there's lots of people off the ball doing lots of good stuff that have contributed to it. So Zhao's not doing it all by himself. He's doing what he needs to do, but he's not doing it by himself. So I don't, I don't, I think it's a, it's a bit dismissive of the rest of the um, attacking players just to say it's just the Zhao team, albeit Zhao is the one that's catching the eye because of the role he plays and the way he plays. And he's obviously got the confidence, which makes a huge difference. Oh, massive difference. Huge yeah. difference confidence. But let's talk about confidence. Two games over the... Uh... The coming weeks, uh, at home to Millwall and Boxing Day, and then away at, at Swansea, who came back today. Uh, they were 3-0 down uh, away at Coventry. They came back for 3-3. Do you think, though, we're in that re-getting us going after that break? This game, for these players, at their point in their Watford careers, be come back from injury, coming back into the first team, joining the, cl- the club as uh, Bakuna uh, is... You, are you happy that you know playing those two teams wins will be well not not easy but they will come. Well, like I said, you know we've had our, if you look at our last eight games, albeit stretched across this kind of bizarre period um, with the World Cup, we are actually in really good form. And Millwall they they played uh, a game against Sunderland on, on, on in early December, which was kind of a game that was left over. Mm. They're there to make up. and They got beat three nil. Then they drew with Wigan at home, and then their game against. Um, the I can't remember the name. The team we beat four 0 earlier in the season. Um, the, that was that was due to be played, and that but that was that was postponed. So potentially Mill haven't really got started since um, since the break. You know um, when they were obviously I guess I assume on their uppers because they kind of they beat us certainly. So they were doing all right. So they've actually probably had a while where they haven't been able to get into the into the the, the spin of things. So even though they might have had a long break, that might not work out in their favour. 
And if we can be smart, because like you know, against Millwall we, last time we looked like uh, we didn't want to be there. Frankly, I still think that that injury to uh, loser so Luna, early yeah. on really yeah. mentally sort of ruined that game for for so many of those players. I mean, if you actually look, let's like say since that that loss against Millwall, um, we've we've won five, we've lost one, and we've drawn two. Mm. You know, that's pretty good to me. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you look at that's, that that form, that's, that's, that's title winning. Form, really yeah that's almost 100 points I think what I like today um something that probably wouldn't get picked up by a lot of places but what I liked is the Huddersfield manager obviously sent the, his team out um after the second for the second half and as Slav sent our team out they just hid in the tunnel they did obviously yeah. it, was, it was probably about six six seven degrees warmer in there but all the kind of fire that would have been in the bellies of the Huddersfield players would slowly have started kind of uh, you know being put out by the having to stand around in the cold waiting for our for our players to come out and that those kind of little details as silly as they sound can make a huge difference the game was nil at that point and we came out and won it 2-0 so we didn't win it because we kept them waiting but the fact that we kind of kept them waiting shows an element of arrogance or confidence or we're doing it on our rules and I think that's what we didn't do when we played Millwall last time we kind of went to their ground and just let them you know we rolled over and yeah I think I think probably loses injury and the the implications to the World Cup which obviously it's kind of bittersweet seeing Morocco do so well because you think, oh, you know, is that, would they have done so well if Inran had been there? Because it would have been a different set of circumstances. But then for him to have missed out, but he'll get it. He'll get his chance next time, I'm sure. I think we can start a run. We've got after the Millwall game, we haven't got another home game until middle of January, I think. Yeah. Which is, and obviously, got the cup match, which is which is away, another, another glamour tie away at Reading. <laughs> but um, Norwich will be a big one. They're playing now against Blackpool. Oh, sorry, against Blackburn, which will be a big game. So. The Norwich game at the start of the year, I imagine, will be a full house. It'll be a good, a good game, um, important for us to win. But then we've got a chance, like you know, the next game we've got a chance to get revenge against Millwall. In, then the next home game is a chance to get revenge against Blackpool. And we know what happens when we play Blackpool at home in yeah. in uh, in January with uh, Slams <laughs> as managers. Uh, and then it's then it's Rotherham. So you know, coming come towards the end of January, if we've done well against Mill uh, against Millwall and um, and Swansea and Norwich and those that run of uh, of games. We could be, we could be going into like the end of the transfer window period with real confidence and real hope because we maybe had a couple of players come in to boost us. Some players came back from injury, and the teams that kind of had their their good form weighted to the beginning of the season might suddenly start finding their level or, or running out of steam. And hopefully, we can then just keep our foot on the on the accelerator and and, and plow ahead. That's the hope. I mean, <laughs> reality is we'll probably hit a lot of uh, more games like the one where we lost uh, to to Coventry or to Swans your QPR where it's a bit like oh god we should we should have got something like that we should be better than this but hopefully this little run now when the World Cup break means that Slavin's had his chance to to evaluate everyone once the players start coming back we can really kick on and and get ourselves to Easter because Easter always felt like a really important time in the championship um, and I think we've got like Huddersfield and Coventry over the Easter break and those those six points often seem to be the the ones that determine who goes in the playoffs who misses the playoffs who gets in the top two so hopefully, hopefully we've got um, we we keep all of our best players, and if anything, we we heal the ones that are injured, and maybe add to it, and we'll be in a really good position. That's the hope. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope. Uh, but you're right about those next few games. You know, that in some ways, apart from the the Norwich game where we won that that game at home, you know, the the, the other three games, Rotherham, that was in a way draw. Uh, Millwall, of course, we lost. Blackpool, we lost. So really, a good a good time to shine and to show the difference. Uh, for for what Watford are, 
uh, and hopefully will be. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Thank you very much, Geordie. No problem, no problem. Uh, and now we head back to Friday night, where Mike and I were discussing the, that, that first half of the season uh, since Sheffield Wednesday, way, way, way back on the 1st of August, uh, and how we've seen this season pan out uh, as part of uh, being, being a fan of Watford Football Club with Rob Edwards and Slavan Bilic uh, as our managers. So, Michael, we find ourselves halfway through the term. Sorry, my teaching side comes out every so often. So this <laughs> is I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my comfy place in this. Let, let, we need to grade the children, um, do some assessment, uh, and see where they might need to improve after Christmas when we return. You just saying that, John, it is quite interesting. The season's halfway through, and I know it took you surprise, by surprise, and it sort of kind of has me, and I know it hasn't... This break, this World Cup break probably came at an opportune time, or at least we thought it came at an opportune time for, for Watford, but it has really disrupted the season. So I think it's quite hard to really engage with this season in the same way it has, in the same way that I usually would, I think. I don't know, have you found that as well? A little bit, but I think it'll it'll write itself now because I always think of Christmas as the um, the, the point when we reach halfway. And so we're a little bit ahead of that, but only, only really slightly because it's such a jam-packed, First half, or not even first half, like before the World Cup. So I'm not. It's, it, it. I think it'll write itself in a bit. There was always a thing. I don't know why it happened. Always around Christmas and New Year's time, we play one team twice. It feels like, and that's you know, you you, you don't play the, like one, two, three, four, five. Like we should be playing Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United next because they were the first team that we played. It all goes not quite in order, um, but a weird thing happens around this middle of the year. I wonder whether it's because of the the, the transfer windows. So we the first Maybe. the first transfer window we sort of we were kind of waiting for it to shut. Oh God, weren't we? For for a whole host of reasons, and now we're kind of looking forward to it opening. But it's still we've got there's so many games being played while we're looking forward to another part of the season. Then there's the break. It's just it hasn't quite got its hooks into me. I haven't quite got that sort of. I haven't got a a hold of it. I haven't really got a feel for for how the season's going necessarily. Which is why I think this is a really good. Um, uh, yeah, sit down and do a let's 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 go through their books, Don. Let's check their homework. Okay, so I'll play the role of the teacher. You can be the parent. Okay. <laughs> no, we're both the teachers. Um, so you know, the, the season it was weird, and it, I I almost put it into three spells for me in my head. I so three spells so far. The the beginning bit where the transfer window was open, then the bit when Rob Edwards was still in charge, and then since then when Slavan has, has taken over. Um, He's been in charge of 13 games now, um, which is more than half the season, really, um, in terms of the league. You know, do, do, it, it just felt a mess, didn't it, at the beginning of this season? You know, no settle whatsoever. Firstly, in terms of the performance, mainly, I suppose, in terms of those performances, even though we did have the, the big three up front. Yeah, there was uncertainty around the transfer window, as, we, as we've just mentioned. And I think the underlying concern as a, as a Watford supporter watching what was happening was just the shape of the side and, and what were they trying to be initially under, under Rob Edwards. There's some decent results and we were, of course, we were totally in touch at the, at the, at the right end of the table. But it, and again, just saying it out loud, you know, I remember how cross I was at the time when, when Rob Edwards was, was sacked, but that was for different reasons, really, than for, than for what was happening on the, on the pitch and it just it it's it just had this nagging doubt that it was just unsatisfactory really the the start of the season and yeah it was you're right John it was a bit messy a bit bitty it just felt like 
we hadn't really the sort of starting pistol had gone off and we we'd had a had a slow start really it was it was frustrating and yeah bitty and yeah i guess messi's a really good description yeah because you know there was there were there were wins i suppose in that that first month yeah. you know some impressive sheffield, wins as yeah, well yeah. you know sheffield united and burnley uh and then three draws west brom birmingham and 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 you know press north end and i suppose it was the, the, the worst one was the qpr loss it was 3-2 and oh, i don't know it was just annoying because it was that point where it was days before the the, the window closed and we weren't quite sure if we'd be able to bounce back from uh, that defeat or if this was what we were going to be getting used to for the next couple of months. Because actually those first few games, yes, had been points. They had been wins, but they hadn't been really 100% convincing. Now, those, those two wins were only one nils. I can't remember what it was. I asked you and Geordie, I let, let's assume it was before the Sheffield United game. I asked you about your expectations or about promotion, I think. I asked you about promotions. I I'm, believe, as far as I remember, Geordie expected promotion, but you hoped for promotion. So did that surprise you? In fact, let, let's talk about the whole of that, that Rob Edwards beginning. You know, did where we ended up with Rob, which was 10th, um, with three wins um, and only two losses, but lots of draws... You know, were you, you know, you were, of course, disappointed, but that, that first run of games was your hope of promotion. Do you think it was changed? Yeah, I, it felt like promotion fell a long way off. And I guess you could say that that would be fine if we're parking the hope of promotion this time round in terms of building something with, with Rob Edwards, which I think in the summer is what everyone was, was focused on and was looking at and was, I guess, hoping for. And, and I, my kind of take of it take on it at the start of the season was, look, I'm prepared for this to be a, a rebuilding season if that's, if that's what it, it takes. That's definitely how I felt. But it was then still hard to watch the football that we were, we were seeing, I think. It was... It was disappointing, really, I, I think. They, there were some notable wins. We've beaten the top two. You know, Sheffield United and, and Burnley seem to be the, the best two teams in the division at the moment, certainly. We, we beat them both. But then in between that, you know, the West Brom game away, Saar scored that incredible goal. But West Brom, who have gone on to struggle since, absolutely battered us. Birmingham and Preston away, they were sort of fairly... Mm. lethargic draws weren't they there was the people talk about the the Carabao Cup or whatever it's called these days the League Cup as being a distraction and yes it it probably is but Watford went out with uh, that with a whimper followed that up with that QPR game which was a defeat Uh, labour to that draw away at Rotherham and then there was the sort of the the denouement if you like away at Blackburn which is when sort of tempers frayed and fans decided that they'd probably seen enough so at that stage, it felt like the like promotion was going to be unlikely because the, there was just no consistency in terms mm. of performances. We picked up a couple of noteworthy wins, but week in, week out, the football was mm, it left a, it left a fair bit to be desired, didn't it? A little bit, <laughs> no more than a little bit. And of course, you know, we, we we'll talk about the players and, and how they're doing in their lessons in a in a little bit. But let's just you know your, your overall feelings though since since Slavan Bilic has taken over. You know there are there is there are much the wins are there are more that wins and losses of course that's how you end up being in in the top six and some bigger wins you know we had two four nils in there um, 
do you really think that was the, at this point? And again, you know, this is a, a bit a bigger thing this season. Slavan seems to have just made us for me a bit more. I don't want to say functional, but doing the job that's needed. Yeah, no, I, I think functional is absolutely right, John. I think it get, that we looked like a football team who had an idea of what they wanted to do and how they wanted to achieve it. The, the first game was was the win at Stoke. That was yeah. that got things off to a really, really good good start. Of course, Imran Loser came back into the fold in, in that game, didn't he? And and um, and was immediately caught the eye but it followed that up with a defeat against uh home to Swansea then that terrible result away against Blackpool and then but then beat Norwich at home then got hammered by Millwall <laughs> and then we hammered Luton so on the face of it it was is much more of a roller coaster initially under Slaven Bilic but the, the team as a it just felt more like a team more like a, a team that was prepped and able to go out there and and win football matches. The bad performances I mentioned there were really bad. You know, Blackpool was was shocking. The second half in particular, the Millwall game was done and dusted by half time, and you know that had us questioning the the sort of the backbone and the spine of the of the players, didn't it? Um, but then since then, they sort of the, the win against Luton was great. They ground out that win against uh, Wigan away. Then they followed it up with a win away against Cardiff. A little bit unlucky in that home defeat against Coventry yeah. back in at the start of November. Um, and then haven't conceded a goal since. And yeah, we haven't looked amazing. Beat Reading at home 2-0. Drew away at Bristol City, a game that'll live long in our memories, John, for uh, the uh, game in which nothing happened. What well, a lovely uh, lunch from... we had. We did. That was <laughs> a, a divine. Um, and then the, the, again, we sort of followed it up with almost a mirror image with the game against Hull. So we haven't conceded for three games, but we're not exactly looking our free-flowing best, are we? And... There's, you know, there are mitigating circumstances. If you look at, you know, what the team uh, was against Huddersfield, it's not going to be that. Wouldn't have been the starting eleven um, at the at the start of the season, given uh, given a, 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 a half a chance, was it? So, plenty of mitigating circumstances, and the, and the results have been patchy. We still haven't got the consistency that we need to make a concerted effort to be in the top two yet. But to your initial point. Watford have looked significantly better under under Slaven Bilic. I think that's I think that's absolutely undeniable. Okay, let's give these 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 different groups of players um, uh, a grade as they've done so far this season. Goalkeeper first. There has only been one in the league, and yeah. that is Daniel Barkman, um, ever present and uh, kept uh, plenty of clean sheets as well, which is always. Well, a rarity uh, over the last few seasons for Watford. There's, there's nine clean sheets so far this season for Daniel Barkman. Uh, I, I, I don't think I could, I, I, you know, a, a, let's say A plus is absolutely pristine and F is just weak and pathetic. I, you've got to give him a B plus and, and, I, and, you know, maybe even a little bit. I, can, I, can you give him an A? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think there's still enough concern about him dominating his box, um, coming for for crosses, and just really owning that 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 part of the pitch. I, d- I don't see that from him. I think what he is is a good shot stopper. I think when he's been called into action, more often than not, he's he's made the saves. Probably that you'd expect him to, but he he has made some sharp ones as well. You know, nine clean sheets is is decent. That's that's good. He'll be he'll be pleased with that, I'm sure. Um, is he? I don't. I just don't think he's necessarily good enough for an for an for an A plus. I think for a team challenging for promotion, he's he's fine. He's absolutely uh, he's right in the slot. 
for for that sort of thing. I mean, I saw on on social media the other day someone talking about how his his move to to Manchester United and how close that actually came. Um, I, you know, I don't think if we if Watford were to get back into the Premier League, I'd want an upgrade personally on on Dan Backman. Um, so I think yeah, I'd be happy to give him a. B and I'm sure he would take that as well. I think it's, it's um, Truce to Kong, isn't it? Who, who there was that article that I think Adam did about him looking at his analytics and being very mm. critical and in depth of his own performances. And I think if Dan Backman was sort of sitting around the, the, the table talking about his season and talking with his parents or with nearest and dearest or whatever, I think he would say probably similar to what what I've said that he, he'd probably want to be more dominating and and more confident in in really owning that that penalty area. And I think. That can breed confidence in the in the back four and those playing in front of him. So I think there is a. It's not just about stopping goals. It's about setting the the standard and the context of the of the match. And if you're a you know a big he's vocal enough, I think you can you often hear him shouting. But to to back that up with being dominating physically in that in that area might set the de- the defence up a little bit uh, as well. So yeah, I'd be I'd be happy giving him a B. And we've got to talk about Akoye as well. John, and he, mm. he, he's a, he's a going to be a non-graded because I don't think he's uh, been to enough lessons to, to for us to. to <laughs> but he's to not give him bunking a, off. He's not, he's not bunking, bunking off. off. No, no, no. But you know, had, should he have failed the entrance exam? I think is probably the the question that some people would ask about him because he's he hasn't really had a look in. He had that one game against Milton Keynes, I think, in the cup was his it was his one performance and didn't look particularly good then. So it's a reasonable amount of money spent on on Akoye, and it's just one that sort of raises the eyebrows a little bit. I know we're going to look at the those responsible for for the transfers later on and that perhaps we'll use him as an example there but yeah it's he's a little fly in the sort of goalkeeping ointment I think I just just question marks over him and if you know if the game's coming thick and fast are we confident that Akoya coming in is going to be a decent replacement I mean we haven't seen enough uh, to say no, and I and I certainly hope so. But I think there's there's a little bit of doubt over him, isn't there? There is, and yeah, I assume we'll see him uh, against Reading uh, in the FA Cup. But the big question I have is maybe that might be the the moment they say actually, you know, you're and everything we've seen so far, you're not the the first choice. You're iffy second choice. Maybe sending him out to get more first choice football um, is the the thing that he he needs because we've invested a lot of money in him will we need to see that that improve who knows who knows in uh, at all but let's go through this now he's the only player actually Barkman where we're going to be judging him individually all the other gradings we're going to do as a as a whole as a group defensively let's talk about that I mean you know we've, we we can see that you know the 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 people who were you know at, in every single game for the defense you know, Alto and Cabaselli very much ever present when it came to Rob Edwards' time in charge. Uh, but then Trustekong has sort of taken over that quite a lot. Kamara is there every single game, apart from those few little niggles he's had in terms of injuries and a, a couple of yellow cards and stuff. And of course, Cathcart, well, Cathcart to begin with was ever present. But again, an, another suffering of of injuries. Defensively, we ha- again, they are part of that clean sheet chat. But... They're not necessarily, I don't know, it, 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 again, it, it doesn't feel settled, but it definitely feels better with Troost in it under, under Slavon. 
it has been unsettled, John. That's exactly the right phraseology to, to use, I think. We know that there's an issue with, with squad depth, I think. We haven't got specialist left and right backs that we can we can rely on. Um, we've got Courtney Housing on loan from Aston Villa. That demonstrably hasn't worked out, and I'd be amazed if we see him uh, in a in a yellow shirt again. It feels like that one was, was dead in the water before it even began. Um I mean, if you look at it in, in black and white, if you were a non-Watford fan ranking the Watford defence, you'd probably be fairly um, charitable, I'd say, towards them because there's a, we collapsed completely in the Millwall game, um, let, in a, let in a late equaliser against Sunderland, um, and the, the Blackpool was, was pretty unimpressive as well. But apart from that, the, the goals against Column has, has looked relatively healthy in, in mm. most games, hasn't it? So... If you're a, a neutral looking in, you'd say, well, yeah, Watford's defence has, has, has done all right. I mean, what's the... We've got a yeah, goal difference of six, but that's because we haven't, haven't scored. What have we let in? 22? Um, not many have let in less than that. Um, so it, it's up there in terms, of, in terms of cold, hard fact and stats as, as being up there in the, in the best in the division. But I guess we know slightly different. We've watched most of the games and it has felt like a bit of constant reorganisation to, to begin with. We were potentially asking players to play out of, out of position. Um, and as we know, most of them um, have got a, a, an error in them one way or, or the other. I think I'd probably exclude Craig Cathcart from that um, sweeping generalisation because I think over the, over the piece, he's, he's been steady Eddie and he's less prone to make a mistake um, than, than the others. So, it's a real, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's felt a bit chaotic, and I guess as a as a football supporter, you're always a little bit critical of your own side, and you always think, oh, they're going to score one here, they're going to ship one here. We need to be three 0 up before we can, uh, before we can relax. Um, but yeah, there are some decent players there, and more often than not, they've they've just about stepped up. But you, you just can't get away from that nagging feeling that we're a we're short of. Uh, bodies and b that it's just a little bit do we trust it john do you trust uh, whichever watford defense it is that 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 we would put out at at this time well if they were going to do an exam maybe mock exams after christmas you know you wouldn't be expecting them to get a high grade because because there's only one player kamara is the only but is it kamara is it camera i i I, literally, because I keep hearing it, television, but I was listening last week to the Three Counties commentary and, and Jeff was calling them camera. And I want to go, I hate getting it wrong because it's, it's offensive. Anyway, let's stick with Kamara until we find out better. He's the only ever present player in that as, as a defensive player. Craig Cascar, yes, but has had spells where you know he's missed three or four games, three games in a row a couple of times. That, I think that's my biggest reasons why... Maybe a C plus, maybe a C plus for them. But what you want to see is you want to see consistency so we can feel comfort. I think that's what you're saying there, Mike. You look at it, what they've done as a team, it isn't terrible. It isn't amazing. But for the feelings, as football fans have, it's just not consistent. Kamara being the only consistency. And maybe, like I say, Truce has played you know, all the games recently. He's played every game since since Blackpool and he started. See, Routers just so infrequent now, um, and the same same with Cabaselli. So, there, yeah. Who is that? That back 
you know that pair that that Troost and Sierra turned into on the last promotion. Um, that's what I suppose I want. I want to have that comfort feeling that you have from having your two guys in centre backs because you trust them and you believe in them. I don't think I can believe in them because I haven't seen them enough. Uh, so we, we stick with a C plus for the for the defence. Well, I don't know. I might put I might push for a B minus, John, because you okay. know in, Not, yeah. in in teaching it's all about you. Could, you've got to look at the sort of results and the. Um, whether they're hitting their marks in terms of uh, in terms of performance and outcomes, and if we're measuring outcomes, they're up there with, like I said, with some of the best figures in the in the division. So, can I can I push for a B B minus? Okay, let's go with a B minus. So B minus for the de- for the defence. Um, do we go for a straight B or B plus? Was it for Barkman? I think I think it would be a being a bit mean for a, a B straight. Let's give him a B plus. Okay, defense is a B minus. Goal a B plus. Before we move on to the, the, the attack in the midfield, we asked the rest of the FTRE gang to to give us their favourite, their worst um, games so far from this season, uh, and this is what they had. Well, this is this is what their choices were. I asked Jordy to start off. What was the worst game of the season so far? That of course wasn't Millwall away. What other games were there, Geordie? There's actually a, a few candidates because when we have a bad game, uh, we kind of have a really bad game. Anybody who saw it wouldn't be surprised that my choice for the worst game of the season that isn't the Millwall game is another away game where we considered three, and this is the one up at Bloomfield Road back in uh, early October. Apart from the game itself being um, very disappointing, Yates kind of scoring two late goals to, to beat us in a game that we hoped we'd win. The disappointment came really, I think, because not only was, was Slav new to the job, he'd had that great start away at Stoke, then followed by the um, late defeat to Swansea. Uh, but this game, we were kind of, um, we dominated on the stats, you know, had three quarters of the possession, had like three times as many shot um, passes as them. Far better pass accuracy, but football only has one metric that really matters, which is goal scored. And... It was we, we were we were beaten very clearly three one by by Blackpool. So I think the combination of the disappointment of of expecting to have a, a turnaround with a new manager, uh, Imran loser uh, coming back after we'd missed him for the first part of the season, delighting us with a goal, but all rather in vain. We almost have a Blackpool axis. Last time I think we played Blackpool, one of the last times we played Blackpool with a manager called Slav, we beat them seven two, and it was one of the best uh, games in in memory. Uh, but this one was right the other end of the axis, so uh, maybe yeah, maybe we need a, a an axis of Blackpool to kind of plot how good or bad games are. And this one on the eighth of October this season was very much uh, the worst one for me. I think Colin was trying to be a bit clever, but honest, of course. What was the best moment of this season? Of course, up for interpretation. Going to watch Watford play Millwall which was um, a terrible evening and terrible football. But the, the moment from the match that sticks out for me was when Imran Luza goes to block uh, a cross and it hits him on the ankle and uh, unbeknownst to us, but we could tell that he was really badly injured. He broke his ankle, tore ligaments and uh, as a result missed uh, going to the World Cup, which of course in hindsight now is such an incredible journey for the Moroccan side. So. With that, on top of the fact that we lost our best player on the evening and one of our best players for many, many months, he also personally missed out on 
an incredible journey through the World Cup to the semi-final. So that for me definitely stands out as a moment of the season so far. Not a, not a nice moment, but definitely one that affected me personally and obviously him. And moment two of the season so far, for me, was the appointment of Slavon Bilic. I felt, having had some fairly disastrous appointments, Ranieri, Hodgson, and I also think that the, the Rob Edwards appointment, when you look back on it now, felt it was a bit fanciful, dragging quite a young man, inexperienced from League Two, up into the Championship with our ownership model and so on. And I think that that, that had failure written all over it. But um, the appointment of Bilic I, it just made me relax. I thought, here's a man, he's done it all, bought the T-shirt, knows the division, uh, also understands the Premier League, knows the players, knows how, how that um, how it all works. But also, he's, he's very much, he's a strong individual. I think he can... Uh, take control of the of the of the team you know but Premier League Championship footballers are you know a, a disparate group and they all have uh, you know they earn a lot of money and they have a lot of attitude and it, we needed someone to come in and really take charge and I think he's done that I think he also had to manage upwards with Scott and Gino and I think he's capable of doing that so for me that was another massive moment of the season was uh, was him coming into the club settling things down and I do actually think that he will get the job done and will be playing Premier League football next season. And of course, the best game of the season so far has to be the Luton game. But I asked Jason, what was the most important game, does he think, of Watford season so far? I'm going for Watford 2, Norwich 1 in October. Um, I think I'll, I'll talk about the uh, why I think it's important for, for Watford. But, but for me, it was important on a personal point of view um, because thanks to some not-so-great planning, I was away that weekend with... Uh, my, my old friends from university, we were up in Nottingham for the weekend away and, and the boys all decided that they were happy to go and find somewhere to watch the football that evening. Um, so I needed a, a good performance, particularly as one of the, the lads with me is an Ipswich fan. So he was a closet Watford fan for the for the evening. So we needed to put in a, a good showing for the boys. Um, and thankfully, they were able to, to back me up and, and do that. So I was pleased from that point of view. But I think for, for Watford um, and for Slaven as well, he'd come in. I think it was his fourth game. Obviously, he'd got off to a great start against Stoke with that, that 4-0 win. But, but Stoke were pretty poor um, and were there for the taking. Obviously, we still need to do the job for that. But then we followed that up with... Two pretty disappointing performances. The uh, the defeat at home to, to Swansea with all that injury time. Um, and then the terrible showing at Blackpool, a team we really should have uh, should have beaten on the day. And, and it was a poor, poor performance. Um, so then on to the Norwich performance. And probably too early to judge Slaven. But if you what you'd be doing in those early days would be looking at... At him alongside what Rob Edwards had been able to do or not been able to do and if you're going to give Rob a little bit of credit then maybe it's the fact that he, he pulled off a couple of wins against some of the uh, the better sides the leading sides in that division in Sheffield United and Burnley beating them at home in some tight games so we were probably looking to see if Slavin could do the same um, and he did uh, and there were some sort of important moments during the game as well I thought Firstly, loser in the side, um, had that early opportunity with the penalty and missed the penalty. And it was important to see how he reacted to that. Of course, he reacted to that by scoring the opening goal after a brilliant uh, piece of play from Saar. And I think that was another important point was the, the fact that we wanted a performance from Ishmael Saar. We, we, he obviously is 
at the moment still a, a key part of this Watford side. Um, and when he's on the pitch, because he's he, if he's fit, he's going to be playing. We do need him to deliver. And there are probably question marks in some games as to whether he has fully delivered to his capabilities in, in those games. So we needed something against one of the better sides in the division. And he certainly did. He probably was man of the match. Um, I think possibly on the telly, if I remember correctly, certainly my my man of the match on the day for his creativity. Um, he'd won the penalty, created the goal for loser and then was involved in the second goal that, that put us 2-0 up. A bit of fortune maybe, but um, yeah, Davis was in the right place at the right time and got, got the second. Of course, then you're up against one of the better sides in the division. You're not going to have it all your own way. Um, Josh Sargent on the pitch, we know what he's capable of. It seems he always raises his game against Watford um, and he was there to to bag his goal. Um, and and then you know with 2-0 can be a difficult score. You, the opposition gets one back, you know that can change the momentum of the game. And we always knew that in the second half Norwich were going to have a go at us, uh, which they did. And again, another important point in the game, that the fact that we were able to hold firm, we didn't buckle, Maybe a bit of fortune. I think it was Hanley that, that hit the bar after a, after a set piece, um, sort of halfway through the second half or early second half. Uh, but we sort of withstood that pressure, and and I think in the end, sort of saw it out reasonably comfortably, um, which was good. So, so for me, it was a important for many things, not not just sort of for me on a personal level what we needed to do following a, a bad run um, also what we did within the game and then of course we went on after that we well we, we went on to, to lose in another appalling performance at Millwall uh, the game after that but then of course the, the following weekend was that performance at home to Luton which then led to a good run and sort of established Bilic in the uh, in the manager's position I think and and, uh, and got things going so Yep, most important game for me so far. Watford two, Norwich one. So let's 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 move on to the midfield. A little bit more solid in terms of people who are ever present. You know, Chowdhury until the Hull game. You know, he was pretty much ever present. Kayembe as well. He's always been there. It, you know, we that's felt like to begin with. It was just out of necessity for, especially with Kayembe. But we have seen them really sort of flourish uh, as a as a midfield pair and you know the the options we've got you know if you sort of want to add in a Spreer into that sort of midfield role and you know, also a little bit I suppose Pedro you know the slightly deeper role he sort of he plays around with the the, def- the midfield adds to snapping at your heels it adds to moving the ball forward and it adds to adding more to the defense it, it's what you want, really, from, from a midfield. It kind of is. I mean, we're talking about grading the midfield. As it stands, we need to grade the midfielder because that's all that's left in that, <laughs> in that position. I mean, we, we'd be remiss of us not to mention how no. dramatically it's just been completely, you know, it's been wiped out you know, from... Uh, Imran Loser was, was injured, came back. His, his, bright, his light burned brightly, but briefly. He had that horrible injury at Millwall. Tom cleverly got got injured um is his Achilles it turns out that was a, a a persistent injury that he's had we haven't seen him back yet Dan Gosling got injured in that game um 
uh, of Bristol City filling in as a as a defender. Uh, now we've got Hamza Chowdhury out um, long term, uh, Edo Kayembe out long term. I mean, you you couldn't make it up. Every every team, particularly I guess in the Championship, particularly particularly in the EFL where it's there's more games that get that Monday that Saturday Tuesday um, rotor of games. It's it takes its toll, and I don't think that Watford could have can really be criticised for that number of injuries unless of course there's something going on behind the scenes in terms of how they train and uh, and how they're being looked after that means they are getting injured but it just feels like we've just had an extraordinary run of of bad luck when it comes to to injuries for defenders and it's just left us incredibly light Uh, and so we have to give for luck bad luck is an a plus luck is a (laughs) is a is an f definitely because because we've had none in 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 that department so i think it's important to caveat our grades with that i know it's stating the obvious we've all been watching the games but so i mean staggering that we we found ourselves in in that situation staggering and unfortunate in, in in equal measure but if they were all fit and from what we saw of them then i th- i think we sort of saw what you would want from them like you say john a, a very championshipy champion a very championshipy midfield in terms of work rate ethic um, putting in the hard yards, the water carrying, the closing down, um, the, the making sure that we that we get the ball or, and, and win it back. Plenty of that from from the likes of Chowdhury and Kiembe and Cleverly when he's fit, Gosling when he's playing in there. Um, plenty of that. We had the, a a glimpse, a sort of tantalising glimpse of what Imran loser. Um, I mean, it, it genuinely pains me to say his name because it, it it reminds me what this what this Watford side is is missing out on. I mean, he looked he looked great, didn't he, when he when he came back? Well, he, and, he played four games. One of them was the first time he came on as a sub, and then he played three games and scored two in those three, and then went. Oh, the third game to be fair, he didn't really play. It was off after what was minutes, uh, and that that Millwall game, and cleverly only played three in a row at the beginning of the season. You know. Really, they are the the pinnacle, and, or the pinnacle, the the poster boys of what is Watford's midfield this season. So let's let's try and sort of, you know, we're, we're probably going to be a bit more positive in terms of the grading for the midfield um, because of we know what they've coped with. Um, I think rather than actually what they've achieved. But oh, oh are you? You're, you're humming them. You're, ah, yeah, ah, I am. Ah. So you're going to grade them honestly, or you're going to grade them with that that knowledge of the the, the problems we've had. I th- so I think we've caveated the the situation with uh, with the injuries, and that's that's fine. But that's I don't think that should necessarily let them off for what were under both um, Rob Edwards and Slaven Bilic. I think we've struggled in that that area because the, the, the sort of transitioning from back to front just hasn't happened enough this this season, regardless of of who's playing. And you know, Ken Semmer plays in there, and, and Yasser Esprier in. So, so there is some there is some fit players in there playing and, and and capable of doing it. Ken playing more advanced, more often than not. Yeah. But I think what Watford have struggled for, and the reason we haven't been consistent is that getting the ball from one end of the pitch to the other, and to we're going to go on to talk about the the attacking options and how they performed, but getting them into the game often enough to really really hurt. Opposition. I, I just don't think it's happened. And yes, it, we've been dealt a, a terrible a, a luck, a terrible hand of luck with with injuries. But even when we had who we wanted available, we struggled a bit 
and uh, so I'm, I'm not convinced by the by the midfield at all. Not the midfield in its current state, because no one would have, would want this <laughs> the midfield in its current state. You're in danger of getting a game. Uh, anytime soon, John. Um, I've got some you... new boots. I'm fine. I'm ready. There I'm you ready. go. Right. Make sure you warm up and stretch that Achilles. Is all I can say. Um, but <laughs> I mean, goals, I think, wise, uh, goals wise, they haven't contributed. That's the, that's the biggest thing, I suppose, to to, to take them down. No loser, cleverly. L- loser uh, one. Uh, sorry, clev- uh, loser two. Cleverly one. Chowdhury none. Cambay none. They haven't. As a you know, mm. you do want to be successful. You do want the midfield to contribute to to the goals. It's a it's a C for me. I mean, we Tom Delibashir who came in against Hull and looked looked absolutely fine. I think there's a there's a hell of a player in Yasser Espria, um, but they just need to. And we've obviously got new signings. Leandro Bakunas come in, and uh, Ismail Kone has has joined as well. They're going to definitely going to have to hit the ground running. And I think if we're looking at an ongoing grading for for a part of the team i think midfield is going to be the key part if we're teachers or a, or a or an educational facility that has resources to put towards improving one part of the pitch i would say midfield would would be it for me you they'd be we give a c c plus at the moment but what you what they would be is you think you know well you've got the potential to be an a grade student so we're going to put some interventions in um just to make sure that you're you're happy with this that and the other so they need a little bit of a little bit of love, maybe um, a little bit more attention in the in the training from uh, from Slavan and and, uh, and Julian Dix, of course. Uh, so yeah, I see I see what you mean. There's a there's a chance of it slipping, but maybe fingers crossed, uh, a little bit chance of it thriving. Now, the attack. Do you feel as settled? Or this more settled with the attack, Mike, than we did when we talked about the defence. Because I'm not sure. I mean, you just as you as you said, and it, it is quite clear. It is the Jao Pedro show, and there's no one else really, really going it with him. And we've always known when we've got promoted, there's been a couple of them banging in the goals. You know. Igalo, Vid- actually Igalo, Vidra, and Dini. You know there was three of them banging in goals for us to be able to be able to be successful that 2015 season. Um, this one, I, I don't know. You know Pedro has scored six, so Saar. Um, other goals from 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 Davis. You know he scored four, but yeah, he didn't really. He's he played one game, started one game under Rob Edwards with three substitute appearances. And even since then, he's had a couple of games out here and a game out there. Is that the, again, consistency of something even more so than the defence? That means, you know, we can't, you know, I think it feels like a little bit like we're going to give him a, just going to give him a C, but that's that's down to maybe a C plus, but that's mainly down to Saar and, and Pedro. But as a whole... Yeah. I think because for the for the for the talent that we've got there, certainly you know the top three, if you like, in terms of the, the, that 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 front line: Keenan Davis, João Pedro, and Ismail Assar. Potential, you know, all three potential Premier League footballers, and so to have them available to us and still look a little bit blunt up top is, you know, I've, I've kind of blamed the midfield for for that, but I also think there's been some. Bad decision making potentially from 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 the front three. I, I I love Keenan Davis. I think he's he's absolutely superb. What he brings to to Watford is 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 fantastic. But I'm not sure that we're 
I don't know, utilising him as uh, as best as best we we should be. Someone who is such a physical dominating presence. I think we ought to be working out how we can uh, use him more. I think João Pedro, we, we've spoken about, he's just an extraordinary talent and we need to make the most of watching him whenever he pulls on a, a yellow, blue or black and white striped uh, <laughs> shirt. Isma, you know, he's... <sighs> We know how good he is. His pace is too much for anyone in in this division. Um, disappointed, blotted his copybook when it looked like he didn't come back on time after the after the World Cup, which is is disappointing, um, and perhaps speaks to his state of mind potentially in terms of what he's wanting to do and his ongoing relationship with Watford. It, it, we spoke to Jace about it after the after the whole game. It feels like his time with Watford is is coming to an end. Ultimately, I think that will feel a little bit unsatisfactory. It'll feel like we'll always have unfinished business with, with him. It never, I don't think we've ever seen the very, very best of him. And that's for a whole host of reasons. You know, he's been playing in a struggling side for, for most of the time. Uh, when we, he was signed, we didn't really know what to do with him. Um, and then we've, we've kind of struggled ever since. But to have Keenan Davis, Ismail Assar, um, João Pedro at your disposal and not to be more of an attacking threat is is disappointing. I think Bayo has uh, surprised me. I think he's looked absolutely fine when he's played and and Kalu showed little little glimpses as as well. Joe Hungbo has had a you know he played against played against um, sound Harley like you sound start. like you're trying to get a couple of marks out just to get them over a grade there Mike when you start talking about those boys. <laughs> They've done okay. They've done all right. I just think it's okay going to get you up a grade. I think they they no it no I think and I think we should judge them we should judge them not harshly but we should hold them to a high standard because of the players they they are we got to give them an overall mark but one player we haven't spoken about in that attack is is Big Ken um, because he hasn't always really been part of that attack he's in fact been defence uh, towards the beginning of the season uh, and he's playing <laughs> yeah. a bit more a midfieldy role he isn't up there but he is I suppose that's the greatest thing he is the ever present player. Um, I love in, him. Oh uh, yeah, adore him. Absolutely he, do. I think he's such an asset, John, for for Watford. Certainly in a in a in a championship season, and certainly in a championship season as we've discussed, has been disrupted and challenging for a whole host of reasons. And it's very reductive to say that someone is committed and um, is a sort of team player and or a gutsy player. It, it feels a little bit sort of like, oh, well done for taking part. A ruffle of the hair. And absolutely none of that. I think. Ken is is spectacular in his his professionalism, and I I, I just love that he's a Watford player. He, he reminds I've said it before, but I don't know how opposition defenders haven't worked out how to stop him because <laughs> he sort of looks like right, okay, well they're just going to kick the ball away and it's going to be a throw in or whatever. But he does that thing; he gets around them in this much in the same way as I can't work out how. Um, and I mean this in in the in the most positive way possible. It's not not a criticism. A tower attackers never worked out how to get around Lloyd Doyley. You yeah. thought, oh, they're gonna, they've got the run on Lloyd here. They're gonna get past him, but no, he always managed to to stop him. And I, I, I just love that. I love that sort of the fact that they managed to get it done, and they do it for our team, and they do it week in week out. And you mentioned it there, John. He's played in defence. He's played in as part of a midfield. He's played in, as part of a three up top, up top, and he always. You know he's not. He's never going to be a world beater. He's never going to be get that move to Real Madrid or, or Barcelona or, or Liverpool. But he he just always he always performs for Watford, and we're at the level we're at. And I think to, to have a player like him is is brilliant. Um, and I'm going to. We said that Dan Backman was going to be the only one to get a um, 
um, get a, a mark. But I think we need to give Ken some sort of um, like certificate or um, <laughs> head teacher merit. award. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Without it sure. sounding too condescending, but <laughs> yeah. I think he he does deserve it because he's because of his role, sort of in all three areas of the of the of the pitch. And I think he's gonna he's gonna have a big part to play in in the rest of the season, John. I think Ken and players like him, that, that attitude and that adaptability are are just gold dust. Yeah, and uh, Eli's going to the Junior Hornets uh, Christmas party next week. Oh, wonderful. I'm going to have to go with him, unfortunately. Um, but I really worry about how I'll react if Ken Semmer's there. <laughs> yeah, well, send him, give him a cuddle from me, John. Oh, OK, well, fingers crossed I'll be able to do that before security take me out. So come on then, let's give the attack a grade. It's a really difficult one, John, you know. I, uh, it's got to be a I'd, B. Do you think? Because... Pedro just brings them up a little bit. Just is there's there is that lovely sort of it's not a togetherness. It's not like you said that we you want you want Saar and Pedro and Davis singing the same hymns. You want them to be absolutely a unit. They aren't that yet. But it so is I exciting think they need to be marked accordingly. Okay. I th- I think the fact that they haven't knitted together well enough. They know how good they are. They okay. know that they should be scoring goals at this at this level. They know what Watford need from them, and I, I just don't think they're they're performing at the level they should, and therefore I'm pushing for a C plus for the attack. I think there's you, there's glimpses of of what we love about all of them. You know, it, 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 Keenan Davis looks great. Jao Pedro is Jao Pedro. Sari's lightning quick and can do what he did. Kalu and and, and uh, Bio have uh, have shown that they can be. Um, Hang on. So you're, so you're going to tell me then because this is the grading we've got so far. Goalkeeper yeah. B plus. Yeah. Defense B minus. Yeah. Midfield C plus. Yeah. Attack C plus. Yeah. So they are worse off. You think they're not as good as defense. Well, I think what the defence have done is, despite the challenges in front of them, have performed at, at the level that we need them to, by and large. Okay, yeah. Whereas I think that I think the, the strikers, we've had half a season with, yes, Sar's been missing a couple of times and so on and so forth, but I just don't think that we've seen them combine. You said it yourself, John, as a, as a unit. And I don't, so put it this way, I don't think, I think coming into Watford games, the opposition will have been going, oh my God, we've got to face Saar, we've got to face Pedro, we've got to face Davis, um, we've got um, whoever else. They would have been nervous. And I think most of them will have come out of it going, hmm, that wasn't so bad, was it? Which so let's, is, go through, let's go through them and, and let's, let's give them their next step. Let's give them their, like, their target for the rest of the season. Goalkeeper, B+. Plus, Daniel, just be more commanding of your of your goal to make be more dominant. A bit more, be more yeah. dominant. Defensive, we gave him a B minus. We're just after some consistency. Cut out the mistakes. Stay focused from minute naught to minute hundred, or whatever it's going to be after the, after the World Cup. Be vocal, support each other, um, and just cut out the cut out the silly mistakes. Midfield was C plus. Yeah. At this point, I don't think I can set them a tar- target because I've got no idea who it's going to be. I can, when I can set be. them a target. Be fit. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> Do not get injured. An attack, we've given them a C+. What is their next step? Better decision-making for me. It's something that I've banged and banged on about throughout the season. When we, we've, We're getting better at being a team, as we've discussed, but when we get this good ball in the final third, use it. 
use it better. So that's that's better better delivery and better use of the ball. Better use those footballing brains that they they've all got. Um, just better use of the um, of the ball in that in that final third. Be more decisive. Um, and yeah, just make the most of that possession that we're getting. So this report is because it's the Christmas break uh, and we're finishing school, uh, but it is also, of course, Christmas, and we do need to think about this naughty and nice list. But let's not talk about the players, Mike. Let's talk about maybe <laughs> a certain owner, Gino Pozzo, uh, and uh, a certain chairman, uh, Scott Duxbury. We're not wanting to like the, the Pozzo out thing, and I don't want to. I don't want to go back there at this point. Maybe we'll go back there after the um, after the transfer window. But the at this point, after what we saw at the beginning, we saw in the middle of the season so far, and we've seen recently, are you putting Gino and Scott on the naughty list, or are you putting them on the nice list? I'm going to put Scott on the neutral list because I think <laughs> what we what we learn. Um, what do you get for the, neutral? So- you get presents for good for nice list, and you get coal. If, so you're, get, if you're on the naughty he, he list, gets given, he gets given one, but he has to give it to. He has to give, He gets given a really nice present, but he has to give it to someone else. Okay, that's that's what neutral is. You've got to share so, it with your, your siblings. It's something like that. I just think that we we it became apparent during the Rob Edwards saga that some of the decision making that is probably is down to Gino, um, and so I I I don't know. I just want to perhaps. Wait and see when it comes to Scott. What we'll do, we'll do like, um, was it Dave Bassett or Neil Warnock when he was at Sheffield United? He did a yeah. the Christmas, Christmas party in yeah, August. Bassett, yeah, yeah so, Bassett. So we'll we're not not do we have to mark this podcast as explicit now? We've we've sworn on the, uh, <laughs> on the podcast. We know we're not allowed to say that. But um, let, we'll do that. We'll, we'll revisit the Christmas list for for Scott Duxbury in the at the end of the season in the in the spring early summer. So we'll no, come I, back to that. Maybe, but I think what I'm going to say to me it is Christmas after all, and I don't think you can not give him a present. So if, either you're going to put him on the nice list or the naughty list. So I think I'm going to put him on the nice list, and I think he, he will get a present. Oh, that's very kind of you, John. Yeah. Okay. Gino, uh, though. Where are we going, Gino? Has he, he was definitely on the naughty list, one hundred percent the naughty list in in late September, early October. Yeah. Has he redeemed himself? Has he been a good boy? Has the elf on the shelf sorted him out? The issues with Gino Pozzo have been a long time coming, haven't they? It's about the about the way the club is run. It's about the incomings and outgoings, and it's about the the culture at the football club, which I think we've all we all know is important to us. We've we've talked a lot about it this season around the the time that Rob Edwards was sacked. The upsetting thing was it was more about the what the club is and what it stands for and how it's conducting itself. And that hasn't gone away. And I think it reared its head again. It sort of reminded us, didn't it, that the the issue with Ismail Assar. Andrew French wrote a piece in the in the Watford Observer talking about how. Yes, Ismail Assar came back late, and yes, he's to blame for that. It, he, you know, he's a grown man who's responsible for his own timekeeping when it comes to getting to where your place of work is on time. It's not rocket science. It's if 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 what's been reported is true that he just didn't show up, then it's a disgrace, um, and he should be punished accordingly. And uh, you know, that's really really disappointing. But the, the bigger question, and I suspect the, the more pressing concern for, for Watford supporters is, has a culture been allowed to develop where that's like, well, I'll just turn up at 24 hours, 48 hours late, I'll get a fine and, and that'll be fine. I'll be back in the back in the side because I'm, I'm one of the best players. And that's, 
equally unforgivable, really, because you you want a a, a sense of professionalism, something that. Um, creates pride um you want all players to be equal to going into battle together shoulder uh, shoulder to shoulder like we do as supporters we you know we travel up and down the country we pay our money we support the team we want that back from the from the team as well we want that commitment and if a culture exists or has been allowed has been fostered that doesn't necessarily deliver that then that's that's disappointing and, and questionable we've talked earlier when we're grading the players about how we're missing in certain areas and I think potentially that could have been avoided this season and and previously um and and the, and the Rob Edwards thing was you know probably the right decision from a footballing point of view but that kind of wasn't the point funnily you know weird or as counterintuitive as that that sounds it was more about how the club is is run so I think the the issues over Gino Pozzo very much remain in place. So I think he's at the top of the naughty list, as in he's, he's got no, a No, bottom to, of the naughty list. Well, whichever it is, Move, yeah, he gets promoted from it, yeah, <laughs> yeah to the I mean, neutral list, which he, is the newly established neutral list that I need to tell Santa about because he, he knows nothing about it. Um, but, you know, he, they've, Watford have moved quickly. It's, it feels like there's a, there's a new director of football or sporting well, director. that's, that's what I was going to say, because that, that, that moment when, you know, Rob went, it seemed to be, from what you hear, a power struggle between him and Cristiano Giretta. And Gioretta wrong won. And that was the thing that we absolutely hated, the fact that he's kept that. But he was kept on. And Gino, you know, just changed the manager as, as he's used to. What I suppose I'm happier with, not happy with, growing a happier with, is this is this new fella, Ben Manga. It's almost like he's gone, right, okay, I was wrong in the summer. I let Scott go and find the manager. But that's a stupid thing for me to do because I'm always about changing the manager. I'm always about having the best back-end system. And I know something's going wrong in my football club. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rather than you know hold myself up to keeping a manager when I know that's not what I want to do, now I'm going to get, make a change in this back room, in this, the, the, you know, what's happening in the club. And this Ben Manga coming in to be the, whatever the title, director of football, sporting, whatever, Anyway, him feels like a, a wiser choice, a wiser move from Gino. And I think you're right. I don't think I can put him on the nice list yet because truly we might have to find, maybe he gets an extra present at Easter if things go well in the transfer window and stuff. Maybe we could put a word in, Santa can put a word in for the Easter bunny. Yeah, but Ben Manga as technical director is on the face of it. It's people have been calling it, you know, a real coup. You know, he's been a, a, a he's tra- he's a real good talent spotter, and I think that speaks to exactly what you're what you're talking about, John. There is that, that Gino has recognised that, that what he's done previously or what we've done recently just hasn't hasn't worked. You know, we mentioned Vidra and Igalo earlier in uh, in our chat. We have just haven't had players that have had that sort of level of impact for, for a little while now and he's recognised that for whatever reason that isn't happening and he's taken steps to, to remedy it we've talked also about the holes in the squad they've moved pretty quickly to 
bolster midfield. Bakuna is a is obviously a player who's had a chequered history, but he's a body where we needed a body, and he has got a bit of pedigree. Ismail Kone has just been at the World Cup. They have signed him from under the nose of other interested players, uh, the clubs, and uh, Mateus Martins is kind of is, is joining the club as, as well. So there are players that are exciting, and they feel like progressive. Um, Bakuna aside, he's he's out of necessity, but but players like Kone, where we've taken a, a gamble on someone who is young, his career is very very much in its infancy but that's going back to hopefully what 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 we should be looking at in terms of players that can come in we get them on the ground level they perform for us for for a number of years and then move on it feels like there might be a shift back towards that but we, we just we just have to wait and see but there are green shoots of recovery for for Gino. perhaps next christmas uh, morning will be uh, he'll have a fuller stocking than it than he will do this year <laughs> maybe next christmas Gino. um thank you very much michael not at all, thank you. Thank you, of course, to Geordie for chatting about the game at Huddersfield, uh, the last one before Christmas. Uh, so uh, we uh, want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Uh, have a, uh, a good old feed ready for the Millwall game uh, on Boxing Day. Uh, and, of course, may you have the best presents underneath your tree, which might be a Watford shirt. Who knows? Uh, if you're Geordie, it might be a retro Watford shirt uh, bought from eBay. Uh, yeah, just so, don't tell his wife. <laughs> just don't tell. Yeah, do not tell Mercedes. Thank you to Ollie and everyone who got involved with the Away Day podcast that was out on Friday and I hope you enjoyed it on your way to and from Huddersfield uh, and you will uh, do send us in your World Cup 11. See how well you can do in the next Away Day podcast against Jason and Colin. And we'll be back, of course, in the new year. But, of course, we'll be we around after all these uh, games over the, the Christmas period. We will indeed. Looking forward to it. Get out there. Support the Golden Boys. This, um, the second half of the season starts here. Be nice to one another. Enjoy the Christmas period. It feels like we all need a little bit of a, uh, a break. So enjoy that. Thanks to everyone who's listened throughout the year so far. It means a, a, a great deal to us. It's my personal Christmas present that you guys take the time to, to listen you've made my uh, made my year made my Christmas just by downloading and, and listening to me waffle on um, means means an awful lot enjoy Christmas uh, and enjoy Watford Football Club there's always something going on there's always something to enjoy you just might sometimes have to little, look a little bit harder than other times enjoy Christmas and come on you all